whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron. Super exciting episode this week. We're taking a dive into another one of our team-focused episodes. Um, but to start off this episode, I'm joined by the best panel in the business. I have Denny and I have Stace. Unfortunately, Nat and Christy couldn't join us tonight, but we also have some awesome guests joining us as well. I'll introduce them a little bit later on. Oh, actually, no, I'll introduce them now. We have Christina, we have Brooke, and we have Kira. They are some vet players that have played um, for the Rebels for quite a few times. So that they're going to give us a bit of an insight into what goes on in their club pre-season, during season, pre-season, how they prep, how they prepare, all those kind of things. But to start off, they were the Opal Bowl champions last year. So I think a really interesting question that we can take a look at is, is a championship mentality embedded into a player or is it something that we teach and learn once we get into a sport under our coaches, amongst our players? Brooke, what is your perspective on this? Um, that's a tricky one because I think some people are very resilient and can have that mentality sort of already within them. I think um, your team environment and your coaches also play a massive role within that. Um, so I think it's, it's a tough one because, you know, seasons can be very long. They can be up, they can be down. It's a, it's very tricky to get there. Um, and I think your team just has to be able to, communicate and work really well together to sort of all build towards that that one goal um, and really achieve it especially on you know that open bowl day or whatever anyone else's bowl is called it's really hard to um yeah maintain that mindset and and really push till the end yeah I can see Kira you're nodding your head you're kind of agreeing do you agree this is something that like is personally within you or is it something that you are taught or something you can learn along the way I think a bit of both like I think it comes at a young age like when you're getting into sports as a young age like how your family and your coaches then instill it into you like it yeah and Danny we know that you've played for quite a few different teams among a few different clubs they've had to experience all that different type of aspects of getting to a championship winning losing is it a mentality that you just naturally have or is it something that the team and the coaches bring and teach you Look, I definitely think it's a mentality that a lots of individual players have, which also helps other players that kind of don't really have that initially. And it helps, you know, them kind of then grow that and feel it and start to kind of embrace that a bit more. But it's also really down to, I think, also the coaches and actually kind of the organisation that, you, um, that you're that you with as a player. So the club that you're with, I think if the club, um, so the organisation isn't, you know, run the best and doesn't have that kind of mentality I think just as a kind of a team you're kind of not going to get there as a team you can always have those individuals that will be there and have that mentality but I don't think the team will ever come together as that and you know be able to pull through as having that kind of yeah mentality yeah I 100% agree I personally am such a competitive player in every sports I play I want to be the best and I want to win every single game and every championship. So I come with that 
you know, that mentality, that's me. That's just my personality. But I agree. If you go to a team where the coaches or the other teammates around you don't have that same focus or that same aspect, it definitely makes it harder to, you know, get to that point of bringing everyone together for the same focus for having that championship mentality. Um, Christiana, are you feeling the same? How, how are you feeling about this championship mentality? Do you have it? Do you um, not have it? Um, I definitely do. I think maybe um, the vibe that we kind of felt within the team, you know, I think we were kind of, I think we all wanted it. We were hungry and I think it, it kind of sets from the teammates hyping each other up, trying to get each other into that mentality knowing that we want to fight for each other and stuff. So, yeah. I love that. And I think that's one of the best things about playing a team sport is that you're not only playing for yourself, but you're playing for everyone else on the field. So if you can bring everyone together to be on that same mental note as you to be in that championship mentality, then it definitely hearts up the sport. Stace, what have you got for us? I know that you are a super competitive, very much ring season, every season mentality. How are you going into this mentality and bringing your team together? Ring season every season. Yeah, look, it's been a while since we won one. Um, it'd be nice to get back there. Um, but, you know, of the oval bowls that I've won, it's similar to the girls. I mean, you feel it. If everyone can can join um, and have that same goal at the end of it, I think that that's, create, that's what creates the culture. And being able to play for each other, I think, is the, one, the biggest thing when it comes to that. But at the same time, like Chrissy said, like sometimes you just know. Like you, you start a season and you go, this is a championship team. And... It doesn't take much, but I feel like if you can get that to flow through everyone else when you know you've got something special, then something special is going to happen. Yeah, and there you have it, guys. It's something that you have. It's something you can learn. It's all a part of team sport and coming together and having the same focus and the same goal. Um, Right now we're going to head into our next segment. That is the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We hit. Is that all you got? If you think it's only a man's game, well, you're sadly mistaken. Go! Football is the exact opposite. Women can be aggressive, they can be physical. So in the huddle this week, we're taking a deep dive into the history and the culture of the Rebels and what they're doing this preseason and how they're recruiting their players and what this season is going to look like for them moving forward. Starting off, let's go into the history of the Rebels. Um, Brooke, I believe that you guys entered the league in 2016. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, um, I'm one of the newer players, so Chrissy and Boots would know a bit more about this. But yeah, the girls said... Um, Rebels as a whole started in 2014 um, and entered their first women's team in, in um, yeah, 2016. Uh, and how did that go, Chrissy? starting a women's team with an already established men's team in the league? Like, I know it's not easy to recruit women's players and especially to our sport. We talk about this in nearly every single episode, how hard recruitment was. How did you guys establish that team and what was it like recruiting from the beginning? Um. I think with us, we it, we it was quite difficult, you know. I think I missed the first year of Rebels when it um, started, so I came in the second year. But hearing from the girls when they started, they only had seven players, so seven or nine, and they kind of had to rotate through that and had to play both sides. And then coming in my second year, we're still low in players, um, but we built 
we built that core foundation in Rebel. So that was kind of easier to build from there. Um, just bringing in those core girls and just kind of keeping the culture up. That was such a big thing for us. So if we can build that culture up and maybe when new girls came in and felt the vibes, then I think it would have been easier to recruit from there just because those group core girls bring in those culture and that family shit that we have between the girls and the boys. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we constantly talk about the culture of clubs and how that helps in maintaining like players and um, recruiting as well. And you guys have obviously done something really well over there because since entering the league, you you know you've entered three or four four Opal Bowls, three Opal Bowls, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and then yeah, oh. three third time like this year. Yeah, three three Opal Bowls, three but three Opal Bowls in the last six years, seven years, six seasons is super impressive so whatever you guys are doing over there to recruit and maintain is obviously working because you've built up and built up and finally got that opal bowl ring last year how was that for you guys and the team to be working so hard all those years to be defeated and then to finally be successful Chrissy yeah like I was saying that I think it was like the dog in us starting especially um for the girls that kind of felt the loss for those first two open balls, I think we kind of were like, no, nah, we want this ring. We tried to, um, I don't know, fight for it. You know what I mean? Like just keep the hunger within all of us, especially from the core group of girls feeling that loss because we didn't want to feel it again. Um, but yeah, when we finally won, oh, Oh man, it was. I was in tears. It was the best. Over, I mean, I commentated, so I mean, chances are I got a little bit too excited about things at times well it was one of the best oval bowls that we've ever had double overtime like it was crazy yeah yeah and Kira having like I've noticed that you guys are so lucky in the aspect that you are able to have positional coaches for your women's team in nearly every single position how does that affect you guys in training in preparing for games and coming into the season it's it's I think it's everything because they focus like they focus on your technique like every position has different techniques so to be coached under one coach, your their attention goes to the more important things where, like, you know, your O-line is important and your defence is important. Like, yeah, so having positionals, um, it helped us, I guess. And, like, we had on the sideline, we knew our coaches were watching what we were doing, so they knew when we were tired and knew when to call timeouts. So we knew they had their backs. Yeah, it's definitely awesome to have those coaches and also just that experience and that knowledge on the sideline that you can refer to and go to in times of need, in times of change and adjustments and things like that. Because I know it's so hard for one coach to focus on every single position and both yeah. sides of the ball. So for you guys over at the Raiders, super lucky to have all of the coaches that you do have. Now let's talk about what's happening this season. You guys started... Um, pre-season training last week or the week before yeah we've started um actually just this week yeah we started on Wednesday so um that was our first session um and it was quite a good turnout um for the club overall um definitely lacking on women's that's pretty standard although it's hard at this time of year Women go to rugby league, union, soccer. Everyone's got lots of stuff on. Um, so it always starts this way in pre-season and we just keep pushing everyone to come on down. Um, but it was a really good session Wednesday and Saturday morning. Um, the coaches are extremely organised. 
um, this season. They're on top of all the drills. Um, and on that very first session, like before we even did our warm up, they just set the tone, they set their expectations. And uh, it, it's a really good vibe uh, at the moment. This is probably the most organized preseason that I've had with any team, any sport. Um, so it's looking really good to start off with. So just on coaching staff, so you guys have had um, your head coach, he's been the head coach I think this past few years, is Blake. Now how do you guys find working with him? I know he's taking you guys pretty much through the um, from the very start kind of all the way up until now. I know when I um, got the pleasure of him being head coach for the stint that we had at um, New South Wales State and I thought he was fantastic and really liked him. How do you guys um, like him as a club coach and do you think he's honestly a big reason why you can keep a few of the girls that you have um, in your team and kind of keep that culture? Because I feel like he does build does want to build something good there. And I feel like he's a big reason why probably some of you guys want to stay at the club. Yeah, look, um, Blake, <laughs> there's a lot of love and hate with Blake. <laughs> he's a smart ass. He knows it. He owns it. But it's really good because he can build this, this relationship with each player. Um, and he, he is a big reason that girls do come over or that girls do stay around um, because essentially he steers the ship on our culture and, and our team at the end of the day. Um, he, he has a lot of knowledge. He is very organised in how he does things and how he sets up, you know, our coaching staff, which, you know, filters down into our team and that. Um, and I know that over the years um, he's grown as a coach as well um, so it's been, you know, a bit of give and take between the teams in the past and, and present and um, Blake and his coaching styles and, and how he sets up his coaching team. But, yeah, he definitely plays a big role in um, our, our team as a whole and, and our success and our learning and growing as a team. So he is really great. Speaking of coaches having an impact on players' success and how they grow in this sport, all three of you have been lucky enough to be selected for the Outback team that is travelling over to Finland in just a few short weeks. Congratulations to you all. Very exciting. Um, Kira, how are you preparing for this? What's going in in your mind between preseason for club, playing for Outback? How is it all going for you? I'm kind of just focused on Outback mostly at the moment and like our club coaches are really good with that and they just want to see us do the best. So they're like anything we're struggling with or any steps we need help with, they're jumping in to help us wherever they can, which is massive support and like takes a lot of relief off our shoulders as well to know we have their support. So amazing for a club to be able to support you in that journey that you guys are travelling in. Training a lot easier because, you know, you can call them up and be like, I need help with this. Amazing. And do you guys have any sponsors that you want to shout out that are helping you guys get over there? Because I know it's not um, the most affordable trip for everyone and that we all, you know, need a little bit of help financially to get over there. Are you guys sponsored by anyone assisting in the finance side of things? Uh, Between us, I don't think we have anyone that's an official sponsor. Um, I know we've all had um, a few individuals or 
maybe a couple of businesses from our hometowns and things like that that have thrown in, you know, to us what is quite a large amount of money. And um, it is a very expensive um, opportunity and experience. Um, so I know that we're all definitely grateful for the people who have helped us out in, in any way, shape or form. It's, it's definitely been amazing. Very thankful for them all. That's great. I love that we have the local, the locals jumping in and helping out our athletes because being a female athlete in this industry, we don't necessarily get the same assistance that some others do. And then within our sport that we are playing as well, it's also a difficult one to get a lot of um, voices and knowledge around and just people being able to help out when they can. So super glad that your locals are jumping in and helping out and good luck on your trip over there. We are all rooting for you all and we'll all be watching. Um, Christy, couple of questions about your team before we head into our rapid fire segment. What are three words that you could use to describe your team? Um, Brainy in the deep end. Big, yeah, big cliche, <laughs> family. Um, yeah, big on family. Like we always have each other's back. Um, what's another one? I think. Girls, you can help out. Feel free. Yeah, give me help, girls. One, come on, man. Some one, family. One word each. Come on, give her, give her a hand. Yeah. Larrikins. Larrikins. <laughs> I love that because, you know, it's not fun if you're not laughing. Exactly. We play best when we're all having fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we've got family, larrikins. Um, I would say focused. We always... Um, while we can laugh and have fun we always seem to be able to pull it all together and really focus on on our end goal on what's important which is championship at the end of the season (laughs) all right and one last question as well girls how can players get in touch with you guys or what are you guys doing to recruit um, for this season if a player is interested within the area wants to come down and have a training session or just suss it out what can they do um, so we have an Instagram page, uh, North, Northern Sydney Rebels. We also have a Facebook page. Um, I, I don't know if you know any of the girls hit us up, but, yeah, we're mostly communicating through there. Um, but, yeah, it's easy to reach us. So, yeah, you can just go to those pages there. And, training. and when are your training sessions? Um, so Wednesday and Saturday night. Um, girls, can you help me with the times? I think it's... So Wednesday night, we're going to Forestville. Yeah. Um, they are 7 till 9.15, I think they made the Wednesdays now. Uh, Saturday mornings, we're at Freshwater High Senior Campus down on the Oval there, and those ones are 9 till 11.30 a.m. as well. Amazing. Um, so you heard it, girls. If you are interested in playing for the Northern City Red Bulls, hit them up on Instagram or just show up to a training session at one of those times or places. Everyone is always more than welcome. Um, but that's all the time we have for Talking Rebels. We're going to head into our rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, guys. And in our rapid fire question that we have, for this episode is what has been your favorite or most memorable underdog sporting moment? Um, I know Denny has a really great example and has 
shotgunned this to talk about prior to even recording this episode. So let's get that one out there first. Let's hear it, Denny. What is your most memorable um, recording moment? I wish I could have said it was one of my personal ones, but it's not. It's got to be the classic Stephen Bradbury from the Winter Olympics where he was in the final and probably not going to place and there was that big cluster of everyone kind of falling and he just skates over the line to win gold. That was just, I'm sure everyone in Australia just thinks that's probably top-notch best underdog story, surely, of nearly all time. So that, I feel that's, like everyone in the world would yeah. think that that's the most, like that's the most memorable in history, right? Like how everyone seen that when that was happening. Yeah, uh, Brooke, do you have an underdog moment or team player, anything in sports that's been a standout to you? Yeah, this one's hard. It's hard to think of. Um, and honestly, I can't go past um, our Rebels women's uh, winning the Opal Bowl <laughs> last season. I mean, um, Raiders are a solid team. Everyone in the league knows that it's always going to be a tough game, whether it's round one or the Opal Bowl. Um, and I think we did go in as the underdogs. And I think, honestly, that's what helped us get over the line um double overtime like it, it was just crazy it was like out of a movie and I just can't go past that as being yeah an amazing underdog moment <laughs> 100% I totally agree with that because these were the underdogs Ra- rebels oh sorry the Raiders were undefeated I'm sure that season so they were going in with the better odds they hadn't lost a game they were previous Opal Bowl winners for however many years consecutively and for you guys to come out firing the way that you did and to go into double overtime is definitely a huge memorable underdog moment for us here at Women in Gridiron. Stacey, do you have an underdog moment for us? Yeah, look, I mean, definitely your overball, the Rebels overball was one of one of my favourite underdog moments and I love calling it. Um, I haven't actually listened to the whole game back again, but I'm sure I'm very animated at the end. Um, but my favourite underdog moment was actually when um, Sydney Uni Lions for the first year that we started in 2018 we were fourth on the ladder come up in semi-finals and we played the ACT uh, who was in the top spot and uh, we ended up sorry Danny sorry Danny um, pulling that one out of the bag uh, in the final minutes and I think the score was like 14-12 um, and then we went on to win the Opal Bowl that year sorry Rebels um, but, you know, the, my most memorable uh, of all that was the game against ACT because we didn't expect to win um, and we were down. A whole I, years. So, I, I'm sorry, Danny. I'm sorry, Danny. Are you sure I didn't play that year, actually? Oh, that's what I, it was. Oh, okay. I, right. I, I played 2019. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Bad so, luck to my ACT girls. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that you had to call out every single person on this podcast as well for beating them in that year or their team in that year thanks for coming on rebels no (laughs) kira do you have an underdog memorable moment or win yeah i would have to say the opal ball too like to lose pierre one of our great players and you know like we all rely on her a lot and then at halftime we still hadn't scored to come back and do a double overtime and win it was amazing it was amazing. I totally forgot that she went out with that hand injury at yeah. halftime and didn't come back. So, yeah, for you guys to be able to come together as a team and win, that was amazing. Chrissy, are you on the same page? Are you picking this Opal Bowl or do you have a different moment for us? 
Oh, listen, yeah, probably, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I think just the heart that we all had, um, especially coming out at halftime and just, as I said, the dog in us. Um, but yeah, just thought, yeah, Opal Bowl for, uh, for me as well. Yeah, and I honestly think that, like, the crowd at the stadium was backing you guys so hard too. Like, everyone in the stadium at that game was just going all out cheering so that would have definitely helped coming out in that second half um I'm agreeing I kind of like the Stephen Bradbury the Opal Bowl there's not really much else I think that could top those kind of two moments in terms of professional sports and women in gridiron sports so I'm going with those two as my call outs for most memorable underdog moments um but that is all we have for tonight thank you all so much for joining us Um, Good luck in your season this year and good luck over in Finland with the Outback team. Um, If you like what you hear, listen, download, subscribe, share with your friends. And again, thanks for listening here at Mojo Sports. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.